In a world full of noise, as architects of experiences, we need to be accountable for the emotional resonance of our work. When it's right, the rest of the world falls away and you're connected to ideas, to culture, to products and to each other. I've always been interested in the tension between technology, aesthetics and meaning. It's what brought me to Second Story, who've been exploring this for more than 20 years. As a design studio, we create experiences that entertain, engage and empower, whether it's for one person or for 20,000 people. I love the possibilities and challenges that responsibility brings. My name is Kerry Elmsley. I'm Executive Creative Director for Second Story, Portland, Oregon. Celebrating the work, lives and achievements of women in Western North America, The Drum presents Exceptional Women Out West. Hosted by the Drum North America Editor-at-Large, Doug Zanger. Let's start with you know, a real easy question. Good. A real simple one that doesn't require a tremendous amount of thought. And I'm saying this with a wink, obviously. <laughs> what do you think others believe your superpower is? And then conversely, what would you say your superpower is? So I'm really hoping that the answer is one and the same. So that what I believe is what others believe. One would hope. Mostly, I think it's building belief and catalyzing teams to empower people and expand the possibilities of when you've got an idea or when you're launching into something, what we can really build beyond that and to sort of lift things out of, oh, I don't know how to do that into, oh, we'll figure it out. That's my superpower. Well, I think the ability to facilitate figuring it out, Mm. it seems to be a natural innate quality among all of us it's sort of a survival instinct especially in this industry as well I think it's good that you pointed that out and really why I wanted to I'm so interested in this question is because you know we all need to perform we all need to succeed that's a mandatory part of our role right but when you use words like superpower you kind of give yourself and others the permission to kind of believe in yourself in a lot more sort of in a lot less tangible way and Mm -hmm. that I'm that kind of self-belief is something that I think can propel you through the things where you're faced with what you don't necessarily know the answer is right and it comes up more and more in a lot of creative conversations that we have is like yeah I'm really good at this what's your superpower and conversations around like magic powers and it's like we need to leave the data points to lift ourselves out of the complexities of what we're doing that's a really good point about the complexities because sometimes that strips away the magic. Yeah, and, and again, magic as a word, I think, in our culture and in our work, it's something that you can go, oh, that sounds like mumbo-jumbo, but actually it taps into flow and belief. And mm-hmm. to me, that's when your team who are working on a project get into that flow, and I think that's magic. What do you think Second Story's superpower is? You sort of alluded to it in the introduction, but do you believe that there's a, a superpower yeah, in there? Yeah, I, I think that we are responsible for the work we put into the world. And I think all of our team are really authentic. And our superpower is that we believe in connecting people and we do everything we can to unpack ideas in a way that is accessible for anyone of any age and fun and embodied. Right. Finish this sentence for me. I'm at my very best when? When I'm building a team and feeling the gaps. It's that really perfect elastic moment between ideas and reality. When you're building a team, that's akin to building something and there's always tremendous possibility in that, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. What does that feel like? 
it sort of feels limitless and, and that's what's exciting to me and that's why I love the work and we do is that it's that opportunity of like who can we collaborate with what if we don't have the answer in in house um, we're not afraid of that and mm. I like the the learning that you get from collaborating with experts in other fields like materials specialist or a, a structural engineer or someone who's going to figure stuff out when you ask people who are specialists to think differently about what their specialty is they get really excited too so it's that kind of thing talk about that a little bit because when you go to some of these very specific specialists for lack of a better way of describing it yeah that must empower them to think a little bit differently as well because yeah. you're, these two worlds are colliding, but then you realize that there is a common ground amongst them. That's right. And I think when you invite people to join your team truly um, and a collaboration comes like that, you are honoring re and respecting their sort of expertise and their limits. Mm -hmm. But sometimes the questions you ask of them allow them to reframe their limits or put them aside and go, oh, actually, we could try it that way mm -hmm. and they wouldn't be able to maybe try it that way in their sort of common parlance or the way they're executing right. the work normally and that's what's exciting and then all of our team we get to learn from those experts and sort of go oh yeah we could think like that right. and you know a little bit of someone's wonder rubs off on us what's the most important decision that people or specifically women can make in their lives or their careers I think a lot about this mm -hmm. and I think to be unafraid of change and to changing path. And, you know, life is long and the one career world is over. <laughs> right. I, I've always taken great big leaps and a lot of the people who've mentored me and I've admired have changed courses quite dramatically over their career and sort of been unafraid to do so. Who are some of those people you admire? Um... This is going to be a long list, isn't it? <laughs> That's good, though. Yeah. So I had the opportunity to work with um, John Cale from the Velvet Underground. Mm -hmm. on a Great Welshman. Yeah. He's, so I admire him yeah. um, hugely for his intellect, his appetite, his bravery, his innovation. Someone like that, when you get the opportunity to collaborate with someone who has spent 50 years as an experimenter and innovator, you don't you know, you don't turn that down. You work really hard and right. absorb everything you can. And some great people, um, great women in London took the time to mentor me through, you know, trusting your gut, confidence, mm -hmm. negotiation, framing design and art challenges in ways outside of the gallery or the museum context. Mm -hmm. You know, so people who've really just taken the rules or taken the walls that are around a an industry or a silo and said, you could probably ignore those walls for now. <laughs> I like the way that you could probably do without those. Yeah. Or just, you know, people who are encourage you to slip through the gaps mm -hmm. when there's great change. I like that theme. Mm. I like that theme because gaps are fairly constant, aren't they? Yeah. Thinking about a project, you get to, the, you're almost at the finish line and oops, there's 17 little gaps. Yeah. And what you do. And that's the thing. That's what I like about nearly finishing work. Mm -hmm. is just when it's nearly finished and you've got a great relationship with your client, there's trust there and there's you've set your course, the adjustments you make just mm -hmm. before it launches are what, you know, feeling those gaps are. And then, again, being unafraid to change it, especially with interactive work, you watch how people interact and use it mm -hmm. and then you change it once you've really tested it. Because testing really never stops. 
So true. Mm. We come to the must list. Let's start with a must read. That's easy. Right now, it's um, Utopia by Thomas More. Why is that? Well, he introduced the concept of Utopia. It's 500 years since he first wrote the book and... The, the warnings, uh, the ideas, the lessons in that book are more relevant than ever. And I was really surprised how I related to what he was writing about. What did you relate to most? I think where you have perfection in society and complete freedom. Right. But even when you think you have that, of course, there's a new framework that you have to examine things by and mm-hmm. new ideas. What Someone who's never read it before. Mm. Why would you recommend this? Because I think we are constantly asking ourselves about freedom, freedom of information, democracy, making a just and good society. Uh, And that's a very easy little book. You know, it's not long and it's Mm -hmm. well written as a way to dive in that the struggles we're having right now and the things that we think about, they're not new. There's been questions that have been around forever. Right. And I think it's just a timely reminder of that. What else to read? What's what's on the must-read list? Thomas Heatherwick is making. It's a beautiful, beautiful publication of what I see as really a modern Renaissance man or and his studio. It's not a single man. Uh, it's all about not only the work they create and the things they design, but, you know, they design from a handbag to a university. Mm-hmm. And it's all of the ideas of making and prototyping and materials that mm-hmm. inspire me. How would that impact someone in our industry and in our field because that's that's quite a wide swath i know that's i think how it impacts is for me people who are brave enough to expand the remit of what they create you don't need to be sort of uh siloed by one category you can just go ahead and do it and Mm -hmm. there will be an audience true what else out there is a must read vision and design a guidebook for innovators it's uh less than a decade old And it's just a great manifesto about uh, the responsibility and methods you have as a designer to create work that is for the people and solves problems. What's a must do? Oh, that's easy for me. Wander around a museum with no um, fixed destination or reason for being there. So no map. No map. No devices. No phone. To put your phone away. Yep. Uh, what else? What, what well, else? Well, maybe do you... take pictures. You, should, you could take, take pictures, pictures, but yes. What's where's a museum that especially engenders that sense okay, of so, must doing this? I mean, I'll give you a New York reference just because yeah, yeah. I was at the Met the other day, and it was so huge, and I was just like, "This is daunting. I don't even know if I want to see anything." And instead, I just followed my nose and ended up looking at decorative clocks and armor As for you about do. two hours. Yeah. And the detail and the design on the armor going back nearly a thousand years was just phenomenal. So it was discovery. What did you learn from just that discovery? Well, I learned that they had very small waists (laughs) (laughs) in the old. (laughs) No, and just pattern making and strength and layers. And again, I didn't go in with an agenda and I came out with a head full of beautiful ideas and textures. And And where where do you think that will have a practical application or will it? Or does it matter? I don't think you should limit yourself to practical applications. Fair point. Fair point. I think you need headspace to just absorb. Yes. 
Now, this is similar to must-do, but it's slightly different. Must-experience. For me, I really value the power of music. Mm -hmm. And I think for people in uh, our industry, you often go off and do things that you're like, oh, it's all talks and it's all this and that. So I would say Sonar Festival in Barcelona because it has three days of the absolute best music all night. Mm -hmm. It's in Barcelona. What more could you want? Right. And then in the day, their day program is all about innovation in the creative industries. And so you can spend the day like meeting hackers and makers, or you can spend the day listening to artists talk about their work, or then you can just get a meet up about how that's going to be applied in your particular sector. So you sort of spend all day connecting and ideating and then all night dancing. What's a must learn? Ideally engineering, and that sounds really nerdy, but <laughs> in all its forms. So to be able to be a coder, to be able to be a material specialist. And I say that because I think it, if you can collaborate or think in that way, you don't have to be an expert, but it just helps free your ideas. Contextualizes it in a way. Yeah, yeah. Like just, just again, opens the track of what you're trying to imagine and lets you reach into it. What's a question you've never been asked before that you'd like someone to ask you? I'd like someone to ask um, about collaboration and partnership and does it really benefit? Mm -hmm. You know, because we have structures in our organizations and roles. And at Second Story, we have a very equal structure between creative production and technology. And that's been with me my whole career, not just at Second Story. And I would attest that that equal sort of balance of mm -hmm. power and responsibility creates better work and I'm really interested in how whether that's sort of pulling through into the industry and how that's sort of recognized a change here's where I compliment you <laughs> this is this is what we call it because as we as we prepare as we prepare to speak with people we, we always find things that we can say good job on and beyond what I noticed when I was researching your work is that I've been in this industry for a very long time and it's very easy to look at things critically but also have them just feel as though that they are just slightly detached the work that you do and have done I noticed that I was completely immersed into it, even though some of the work that you've done, you have to physically be there. But mm -hmm. the way that it was presented, it made me stop. And I'm not to say that I'm a jaded advertising or marketing person, but what I noticed was I was honing in so deeply just to try to understand it because I appreciated it so much. So that's where I compliment you. I'm smiling. I know you're smiling. <laughs> I know you're smiling. But that's, I mean, that's impressive. It's just, it's, it's very obvious that the work that you do makes people stop. Is that by design or is that just because, yeah. is that a byproduct of doing the best work possible? Well, thank you. And what you've just said actually is the single thread that goes through all the work that I've done. But I've done it as a producer, so I've done it as one part mm -hmm. of, well, before coming here and taking this role, 
I've done it as one part in collaboration with designers and artists who really, really understand how to make time fall away. And that often is our goal, is that if somebody can just leave the rest of the world behind and be there mentally, physically, or virtually, none of those definitions matter, but to just be part of something, that's the sort of red thread that has run through all the collaborations and relationships I've had over my career. And I'm really, really proud of it. And that's what really brought me here to Second Story. And what's cool about that, too, is that there are brands involved with that. Yes, always. And that's the part that you just kind of go, oh, that was Intel. That was Microsoft. That that's was right. this. Yeah. That's that's how you do a brand engagement. That's right. And uh, because those brands that commission us are brave enough to experiment and mm -hmm. be willing to invite the public in, in an outside of a campaign um, activation. And we have, you know, and we build trust during that, those relationships because it's, it's high risk strategy. Right. You don't know, you've never built it before. You think you know, right. and everyone thinks they know. Right. But when you've actually manifested the work, people are always surprising. They'll always do something different that you didn't predict. Much like the must list, we want you to share a little more advice and wisdom with the audience here to wrap things up. So what is your last word? I think to really be open to random opportunities because they're actually not random. They're presenting themselves as a, as a way for you to progress. It just isn't always linear. And when I look at making the shift from art to design, you know, that all led me here through working with really strong brands that had really exciting ways to express themselves and trusted us to do that. And that's what led me here. Thank you very much for joining us. It was a real pleasure. Thank you.